Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, where our mission is to give you the tools to heal, overcome the past, get unstuck, and become the hero of your own story. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. It's our mission to end generational trauma in our lifetime through education and information. Thank you so much for being here, being a member of the Unbroken Nation, and learning how to become unbroken. Please do me a favor. It would mean the world to me if you take 30 seconds, leave a review for the show on iTunes so that other people can find this information, and check out our YouTube channel if you just search Think Unbroken. Thank you for being here. We'll see you in the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Michael Unbroken here, author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma, and you are listening to the Michael Unbroken podcast. Hey, so before we get started today, I just want to, as usual, say thank you guys so much for listening, for being a part of the Unbroken Nation. I just want to let you know, if you have not, we are starting coaching sessions monthly at healtraumacoach.com. 
Before we get in this episode, I'm going to preface this with saying that in life, sometimes you're going to have to make incredibly difficult decisions. And so recently I posted something on Instagram and someone asked me, you know, how was my relationship with my mother? And I just said, you know, in, in passing almost it feels because I've shared this story so many times. I said, you know, when I was 14, I did this and at 18, I did that. And, and they were like, can you talk about that experience? So I'm going to talk to you in depth about the experience with my mother. Uh, something I've actually never done before because I recognize the importance of needing to do so so that you can have an understanding of why it is so important to make hard decisions in your When I was a kid, and I've shared this before, at four years old, my mother, she cut off my right index finger. My mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, she was narcissistic. She was bipolar. She was manic depressive. She was suicidal. Um, she was, she tried to kill us as kids a couple of times by driving the car off the side of the road and into bridges and, you know, like chaos guys. Let me give you a second to digest that. The truth about this is that my mother, like me, and her mother before her and so forth suffered a tremendous amount of abuse, a tremendous amount of trauma, a tremendous amount of pain, suffering, and hurt. And whereas I, and like you who are listening, have decided to create the change in our lives to heal, to step into what is next in our lives, to get the support, while she at times did, she never committed. And, and that's why I talk so often when we're talking about coaching, when we're talking about anything in life, that there is a commitment that you have to make in order to create the change that you want to have and see in your life. And because of that, that becomes the difference between success and failure. And I've, I've shared that guys with you guys before. So at 14 years old, actually, let me rewind. I'm going to go back a little bit more. I'm actually going to share a story that I've, I don't think I've ever shared. Maybe I have, but I, I don't recall. When I was nine years old, we were at home. It was summer and we had just come back from eating lunch. I think it was me, my mother, my stepfather, and my new baby brother. My mom had just had a kid like, I don't know, a year prior, something like that. And we don't, we don't typically go out to eat when we do often, my mother will like find a way to finagle a free meal out of it. There's always some kind of complaint. There's always some kind of lie. There's always something that she can kind of leverage. So we don't have to uh, be responsible for the services that we just had. And we had just done like this had happened again. I, I distinctly remember we went to a restaurant called Chi Chi's. Um, that place has now since closed, but they were all over Indiana. And so we'll come back home. And as we're getting out of the car and I'm walking to the front door, she who was driving the car falls out of the car, lands back first into our gravel driveway and begins to have a seizure. And this was a narcotics induced seizure, which she had before because she was having an overdose. She had taken too many, whatever pill of choice it was that she happened to be on at that time. And my stepfather runs around to the side of the car, puts, um, 
his wallet in her mouth to keep her from swallowing her tongue and all the while screaming at me to call 911. Well, our phone had gotten turned off because we didn't pay the bill. Well, they didn't pay the bill. I was nine years old. And, and luckily a neighbor did. And she didn't die that day, which was wonderful, right? And she got serious briefly about going to rehab. And so in this window, I talk often about living with multiple families between like eight to 10 years old, eight to 11 years old. And this was one of the catalysts for that. There were others, but this was one. And she went into rehab. My stepfather, who was over the road trucker, was out there doing that thing. And I lived and my brothers lived. We got separated at this time. For I want to say it was probably four months, five months, I vaguely recall. And we just lived with various families, three days here, four days here, a week there. And I mean, it was just time and time again. And so my mother comes back and she she's in this bout of sobriety, which is amazing. It's the first time I ever remember her being sober. And she was up at a St. Vincent hospital and we would go and visit her. And when we were there, we would be um, in the... Uh, like AA and NA meetings with her and, and things of that nature. And so what would happen is we'd go up there, we'd see her. It was basically like visitation. She was, um, because she was suicidal, she was on uh, whatever that number, I cannot remember the law in Indiana where you can legally commit someone who's suicidal. But she was legally committed under doctor's orders. And so with that, she was not allowed to leave the hospital. So for this six or seven months that she was there, uh, we would go and see her on Saturdays and we would sit in the room. And during this, she would share um, about, and this was what was crazy to me. And even a little kid, I remember like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? And she'd be like, it's my kid's fault. I'll never forget this till the day I die. She's like, it's my kid's fault. This is why they made me do this. They drove me to do this. And, you know, obviously at nine years old, like, which is crazy. I thought to myself, this is nonsense. This makes no fucking sense at all. And. So we would go and visit and she would get in and she would get out and, and, you know, we'd live with a stranger. We'd live with my grandma or, or whatever. Well, around 12, which was my eighth grade year of high school, she went deep, deep, deep back into relapse and so deep that she literally disappeared. Now, look, I know I'm sharing a lot of heavy stuff with you, but someone asked me, and I think this is important because there are people in your lives right now where this story is going to resonate because you're going to need to make some hard decisions in your life. So this isn't a therapy session for me. Trust me, me and my therapist, we had this conversation, but I'm trying to help you guys understand something important. If it's too heavy, like hit the eject button. I totally get it. And so at 12 years old, she disappears. I'm living in a house in Speedway, Indiana, right by the racetrack uh, by myself. And I'm going to school and eating at school and showering at school at home. There's no running water. Somehow we have the internet, which is very strange. I'll, I'll recall, I spent a lot of time on the internet by myself, just like doing whatever. And so we didn't have running water. And then the power went out. So it didn't matter if we had internet because we had no power. And it's like blistering hot outside. And it's June, July in Indiana. And my grandmother luckily just happens to swing by one day of like five or six weeks into this. And she's like, where is your mom? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't even call you because we don't have a phone. And I was stealing food from the big lots around the corner right there. If you are familiar with Indiana and the raceway area on 30th and Georgetown, there's big lots. And so I'd go over there and steal food and water. 
and I would only be showering at school. And I decided to go to summer. I enrolled myself at, in summer school so I could go to school, so I could be out of that house and be around other kids. And so eventually my grandmother takes me and she says, this is insane. You're coming to stay with me. And my mom was kind of in and out of this rehab and out of hospitals and out of this chaos. At 14, I'm heading into high school, my freshman year, and I'm living with my mom again because my grandmother couldn't take me and my other brothers. And so she said, I need you to go back to live with your mom, which was heartbreaking for me, even though my grandmother was this fucking crazy racist person. Another story for another day, guys. And, and so I go back to live with my mom and I get enrolled in Pike High School, which is, you know, this township school. And we're living in this townhouse and my mom starts to go back deep into the drugs deep, like the deep, and this was the deepest it had ever been. And I'm like by myself again, she's disappeared into rehab again. She's totally gone again. And you can literally look at my report card. I've, I've posted and shared it before where I have like basically straight F's straight F's cause I'm not going to school. I'm, I still, I haven't at this point yet lived, like my grandmother hasn't taken me yet. And so I get kicked out of Pike. They're basically like, dude, you're done. Like, I don't even know why you're here. This is the first time I got kicked out of school. And my grandmother came and as we were heading into the, um, the end of that first semester, going into the Christmas break, she was like, that's it. You're coming to live with me. Your, your mom's out of control. And in that time, like, my grandmother kind of seen what was happening and, and, you know, she's an adult and she made an adult decision. And my mother was obviously super abusive and she was dealing with all these drugs and alcohol. And my grandmother said something to me. She was like, you know, we can make your mom stay away from you. And I was like, oh shit, we can. How do we do that? Sign me up. And uh, we put a restraining order on that 14 years old. I put a restraining order on my mother because I knew that a, I felt at the time my grandmother had my best interest in heart. And, and secondly, I knew that my mother was not going to change because I had seen it time and time and time and time and time again. Now, something about this particular time and this restraining order and her being removed from her children entirely. I mean, it was a don't call, don't come restraining order. Like she was not allowed to be in contact with us at all. And something in this must have sparked her to, to at least step into this journey a little bit more. And so she, for the first time in my memory, she got like sober, sober. She got a job again. She was taking care of herself. She was taking care of like trying to be better. And at, and you can literally watch my report card, my, my second half of my sophomore year of high school, after I had gotten expelled and put into a last chance program, I got straight A's one semester. That never happened in my life. I was showing up. I was doing the work. I was doing the homework. I was taking care of myself. I was playing sports. I was like really involved in my own life because I didn't have the chaos around, right? I wasn't in that, that place where it's just alcohol bottles and no electricity and stealing food. For the first time, I actually felt safe and secure, right? And that is predominantly one of the most important things that a child needs to be successful in life. They need safety, they need security. And I never had it really until that moment. And, and in that, one of the things I should mention as a caveat, like we, my, my, my mother had divorced my stepfather, so he wasn't abusing us anymore. He was, he would pop around every now and then because of, 
you know, having a baby brother and shit like that. But for the most part, I never saw him, which was amazing. You talk about a stress being lifted off of me. And so my, my grandmother gets this restraining order on my mother. I start to do well in school. My grandmother gives my mother the option to come and live with us again after she gets out of rehab. My mother again relapses. Now as an adult, what I've done is I've connected the dots. Of course my mother relapsed because she moved back in with my grandmother who was abusive because she had been abused and now we're into this cycle of generational trauma. At 17 years old, I was like, fuck this. My mom's a fucking alcoholic. She won't take care of herself. Um, you know, this is her fault. And, and yes, of course, it's her fault. You're culpable. You're an adult. You make your choices and decisions. So yes, it is your fault. But what I didn't understand then was she was likely very triggered by being back in that environment. Because even my grandmother was so incredibly, um, what is the word I want to use here? Uh, I, wow, I totally just got caught up on my own words. She was verbally abusive in this really intense way. And so I could see that play out in real time in retrospect and hindsight, diving into that experience and looking at it from being in the home and watching it happen. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show, but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. And when this happened, you could literally watch my grades start to decline. Boom almost straight Fs again. My senior year, as you guys know, did not graduate high school on time, was skipping school, selling drugs, getting high all day, because I also was now having the words for it triggered. I was living in the chaos of this home between them abusing each other and them screaming at me and my mom one night attacking me with a pair of scissors. That became this thing where I was like, okay, hold the fuck up. I'm done with this. Like done, done. And so there's this evening where my mother is trying to figure out why she can't turn on the computer. Now in her drug induced stupor, what she failed to realize is you have to press the power button. This is not a joke. It's fucking crazy. Right. And so she comes into my bedroom. I'm sitting in bed. I'm, I'm doing homework. Like I'm actually trying to like fucking graduate high school. Um, and like, I never did it though. Like this was a, a bullshit attempt. I'm not going to lie. I was just basically sitting there looking at the book. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and she came into the room and she, she starts accosting me and she's like, what did you do? To the computer just freaking out this whole thing. Right. And, and if you've had a abusive mother or father or someone in your family, you know, this experience, this moment where it goes from zero to full on collision. And in that moment, she started physically hitting me again. And I'm I'm 18. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done with this. And for the first time I hit her, I was defending myself and I kicked her to the ground and I looked at her and I said, and, and look, I'll be honest with you. I said these words. I said, if you ever touch me again, I'll kill you. And I'll tell you this. She never touched me again. Like for real, for real. What I've killed her. I don't fucking know. I just know I was tired of it. And so because of that, and in that moment, I went into her bedroom because I knew she was back on drugs. I knew she was back on alcohol. And I went through and I just like dumped her closet shelf. She had this like armoire thing. And I just knocked it over and behind it just 
20, like no bullshit, like 20 gallon jugs of, of vodka, empty vodka bottles, pill bottles. And she was back in a relapse. Now, again, I can look at this point to it and go, oh, of course, this makes perfect sense. She's back in this environment that is not conducive to success for a person who has a drug alcohol problem, eating disorder, suicidal ideations, who's living with their abuser again. That I did not connect the dots to. The only thing I knew in the moment was, okay, my mom's a drug addict, alcoholic. She's back into this shit again. And my grandmother kicked her out and forced her to go to figure it out because we were all done with her. Like you could not be eventually, eventually you're at this place where you go, how many chances can you give a person? And there's conversations for forgiveness and all that. And you know, you've heard those episodes. I've talked about these things, but what I want to share with you here is in this moment, I had to make, when I started this episode, I told you something about hard decisions in this moment. I had to make the hardest decision of my life. And I told my mother I would never talk to her again. That was not only the most difficult decision that I've ever made in my life, but it is also the most important decision I have ever made in my life. What you have to understand is that you have someone in your life right now who is in the way of your future. You have someone in your life right now who is in the way of your future. And you are letting them take from you. You are letting them seep from you. You are letting them destroy you every single day that you stay in contact with them. It may be your mother your brother, your cousin, your father, your best friend, your wife, your husband, your partner, your job, your whatever could be your kids, like for real, for real. And your life won't change until you make a decision. Change only happens when we make change happen. You guys have heard me say this a million times. And so at 18 years old, I made the most difficult decision an 18 year old could ever make. Fast forward 20 years later, almost 20 years later, I still believe in my heart it was the best decision of my life. Because if I wouldn't have made that choice, I'll tell you right now, I would not be speaking to you. You would not be listening to this. I would not have written this book or the any of the books. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't have coaching. I wouldn't have helped thousands of people around the world talk about this shit if I wouldn't have made that decision. And I kept it because I meant it. Commitment to the choices that you make is everything in life. Everything. There is no question asked that if you commit to what your heart, gut, and intuition tells you, that you will never be wrong. And my heart, gut, and intuition in that moment said, Michael, if you don't make this choice, this will haunt you. It will kill you. It will destroy you. You will never have the life that you're capable of having. And so at 18, I make this incredibly difficult decision. And between 18 and when she died, I want to say I was like 24, maybe 25. I did not talk to her except one time. And that just happened to be because of it had to happen. Right. And 
I'm going to share something with you that's, how do I want to phrase this? That you're not going to understand until it happens. That's probably the easiest way I can preface this, especially when it comes to abusers. I've shared this with, with some of my clients one-on-one who have had this kind of experience as well, and, and they kind of had the same reaction. But I want to share it with you today because I want you to think about something. Freedom. I want you to think about the word freedom and the role that that plays in your life when you remove those from your life who do not and should not be involved in it. And in those hard choices and decisions, when freedom becomes abundant, your ability to have the life that you want to have becomes unbelievably possible. There's no other way to phrase it. Unbelievably possible. Everything that you want, because you're not tied into this person or people controlling your destiny. Now you are in a position of becoming the hero of your own story. And on the day that my mother died, I'll never forget this. My little brother calls me and he goes, Hey man, mom died. I go, thanks. Have an awesome day. And I hung up the phone. And in that moment, I did not feel shame. I did not feel guilt. I did not feel sorrow. I did not feel regret. I did not feel hurt. I did not feel suffering. I did not feel anything except for lack of a better term. And I wish I had another way to phrase this of a huge fucking weight being lifted from my shoulders. And I don't wish death on anyone. So please don't interpret what I just said by that. But what I am saying, what I am saying is in that moment, I felt freedom. I had felt freedom previously because I'd done the restraining order at 14, because I told her I'd never talk to her again at 18. But this was a different level of freedom that existed because now for the first time in my life, I knew that the stress of this human being existing didn't have to be a part of my experience. And I know that's a difficult thing to hear. It's oftentimes a difficult thing to say, but it's true. And it's the reality of my human experience. And all this does to say something important. Today, almost 20 years removed from that decision of telling her I'll never talk to her again, I confidently can sit here and speak with you without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. I can say, I put myself first. You have to put yourself first. If you want to be a person one, one of you would hear this. I really, if you're like driving, pull over, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Stop at the gym. Just stand here and listen for a minute. If you want to be the hero of your own story, if you want to go through this healing journey, if you want to create the life you want to have, if you want to live within conjunction of your values, your wants, needs, interests, and boundaries, if you want to be a person who, when they look in the mirror, gets to say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thank you for being here. And have that feel true within your heart. If you want any of the things I just said, you are going to have to give something up. You're going to have to give something up. And for some of you, it's that abusive parent who still has control over your life. Some of you listening right now, I know there's some teenagers. I know there's some people in their 20s and 30s, and I know some of you are in your 50s and even 60s, and you're still letting this person control you. 
Because here's the thing you have to understand. Often, often we are groomed into it. And our parents say, I'm doing this for you. I'm beating the shit out of you because I love you. I'm bending over backwards. I'm sacrificing myself for you. Feel guilt. Feel shame about your existence. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. You've heard it all. And then they send you awful texts. And when you need them, they're not there for you. And they send you emails that are destroying your self-love and your livelihood. And then when you need them, they don't come. And they scapegoat and they are narcissistic and they are hurting you and you're letting them. I hate to say that to you. And I hate to say it to you because it's hard to say. And it's probably hard to hear. But what you have to understand, and this is fucking difficult, and I know somebody's going to try to cancel me. I'm going to get an email after this. I already know. I don't care. This is your fault. Because you are no longer a child. And I'm not saying that you're culpable for the bad things that happened. You know how I feel about this. You are not responsible for that shit. But everything happening in your life from this moment forward is on you. Nobody else but you. Change only happens when we make change happen. And you are not doing the thing that you know in your heart in your gut and in your intuition that you need to be doing. And yet you're blaming the world. Yet you're saying it's their fault. Yet you're putting it on them. You are passing the buck. You are leveraging the scapegoat. You are making the excuses. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. This is not, this is not a condemnation. I want you to understand this. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm not saying that somehow you're not doing the right things because you don't know better. I'm saying that you're not doing the things because you're not listening to yourself. You're not putting yourself first because you're terrified. On the other side of action is reality. On the other side of action is reality. You sit here and you say, they're destroying my life, but you let them. They're hurting me, but you're allowing it. At some point, you have to make a decision. At some point, you have to make a choice. And at some point, you have to be the hero of your own story. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I believe that we all are capable of this. I believe that entirely. I believe that we all can do what we need to do to take care of ourselves, to put ourselves first. And putting yourself first is not selfish. That is not selfish. And I hate when people say that because it's so dismissive. Put yourself first and by proxy, your environment will change. Stop being tied down by people who do not want you to succeed. Stop allowing yourself to be hurt by people who don't want to care for you. Stop allowing yourself to be taken advantage of by people who, in my grandmother's words, wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. I know that sounds crazy. That's such a hillbilly country thing to say. I love her, but you know how it is. <laughs> At the end of the day, my friend, the truth is that I believe in you. I believe you're capable of doing whatever you want to do. You would not be listening to this podcast fucking 30 minutes in 
if you did not believe that you had potential in your life. And I know it's scary. I know it's scary. I get it. Making those hard decisions and removing the people within your circle who do not deserve to be there is one of the hardest things you will ever do. But in seven years, 12 years, 18 years, 27 years from now, I believe that if you follow your gut response, your intuition, and your heart on this, you will know that you made the right decision. My friend, I want to tell you, thank you, as usual, for staying with me and listening to this. I know we went deep today. It was probably an emotional episode for you. And I want you to know that we are here for you. The Think Unbroken Nation is a community. We are a tight-knit, close community about building each other up and creating real change in the world. We're starting our next coaching session soon. That's at hilltraumacoach.com. That is about community, connection, and commitment. And if you are in need of those things to go into the next level in your life, I invite you to come and be a part of it. So if you have questions, visit us over there. Thank you as always for listening to the podcast. Please like, subscribe, comment, tell a friend. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the waitlist if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.